Welcome to Here's What I'm Seeing, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined today by my co-hosts, Cynthia Culver and Jeff Straza. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing well. Um, best weather still. I know. I'm so it's excited about today. Yes, right. I'm doing great. That's right. It's a new year, and we have got in studio with us one of my favorite people. Randy Marshall is in studio with us, and I know what everybody's thinking right now. They're going, who is Randy Marshall? Why have I never heard of Randy Marshall? And I'll tell you, here's why you've never heard of Randy Marshall is because of a guy that you probably have heard of named George Brett, Hall of Fame third baseman for the Kansas City Royals. And Randy, you have a story. That's why nobody right now or probably most of our listeners have never heard of you is because of George. Tell everybody, what did George do to you? Jimmy Fry was the coach of uh, George Brett. And one time uh, they asked Coach Fry, they said, uh, how do you teach George to hit? And he said, uh, I tell him, add a way to hit, George. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so uh, they had to train me and work with me as a professional baseball player. Uh, I set the uh, all-time record for the most errors in one inning. <laughs> really? In, yes. In, in Waterloo, Iowa, three. The announcer, I heard later on, said, there's a ground ball to Marshall, and the left fielder's up with it. <laughs> he didn't even break stride. Just went right on through. So George Brett is in the Hall of Fame, and I'm with you guys. That's yeah. right. I think that says it all. That is it. Yeah. But still, you get to say you were a part of the Royals organization and that you got to play professional baseball. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. And I, I respect that. Thank so. you. Anyway, that's a fun story and lets you guys get to know a little bit about Randy. So here we are, guys. It's 2021. Uh, 2020 has come and gone and will probably go down as one of the most boring years ever, right? Like, yes. Who can remember anything about Nothing. 2020? Nothing. So uh, it's 2021, and most of our listeners are leaders. They're professionals. They are people that want to get stuff done. They're thinking about the future. And so probably right now here in the beginning of the year, many of our listeners are thinking about goals that they want to set for the upcoming year. And so today what we're going to talk about is the number one mistake that leaders make when it comes to setting goals and so, uh, Randy, that's why we got you here. So I'm just going to ask you that first question. What is the number one mistake you see leaders make when it comes to goal setting? Well, I made the mistake for 50 years. And I think the biggest mistake people make is they mix up uh, two terms. Uh, they mix up goals uh, versus what I call desires. And it's very confusing because for 50 years of my life, I thought I knew what a goal was, but uh, through a difficult time with business and personal life, uh, a guy sat me down and explained that to me, and in one hour, it was radical life change for me. I think they just mix up those terms. Uh, why is that important? Uh, if any leader has to have a vision for their life or their work, you pert back and you've got to have a strategy. Before the strategy comes, you've got to have goal setting. Goal setting and planning are the key that unlocks the door to a good strategy, which is normally one year, and a vision, which I think is normally three years. And the problem is you've got people that overestimate what they can do in, uh, in one year, and they underestimate what they can do in three years. So the key to it all is to be able to do planning with the right, accurate, clear, accurate, and relevant way to look at goals. Yeah. So unpack that a little bit. What is the difference between a goal and a desire? I would define a goal as that which you alone control, and that's the key word, and you alone can accomplish. It depends on no one else. But a desire is just the opposite of that. Desire is that which uh, is out of your control and takes someone else to pull it off. So it's an issue of control. A goal, you're in control of it. 
a desire is out of your control. Yeah. And so, Jeff, I'm sure you've seen this as you've worked with leaders, uh, you know, maybe even right now in some of your coaching meetings that you're having or different leaders that you're working with. You just ask them, what are your goals for this next year? And you listen to them. And what are they probably, the list, they're probably filled with what, according to Randy's definition? Well, desires, but, you know, Randy, my question to you is how do you influence and coach leaders that um, you don't want to, you know, squelch the aspiration and the dreaming out of them, right? You want them to have motivation. Uh, How do you reconcile the two? Can they blend? Well, I think that uh, what you do is you separate the two out. Uh, You know, the problem is, and uh, Adam and I have been brought together for this whole idea of clarity, clarity in business. And the problem today is you've got people that mix up all kinds of words, and we're real fuzzy on those words. Uh, We'll use words like uh, objective or mission, um, um, and and nobody really knows what that that means. We've got to have clear definition of what a goal is, and we just kind of throw that out in business speak, and we really have no idea what that means. Right. I've heard Adam say that many times, clarity is kind. And so you're actually helping a leader by coaching or training them by influencing their, their, their clarification of terms. We have to be precise when it comes to goal setting. Uh, and that's what gets us off track. And so, I mean, even spiritually, uh, you'll hear a word like uh, good. Uh, and, uh, you know, if all of our theology is based on the fact that God is good, then it would behoove us to try to figure out what the word good means. If somebody says, will you marry me? The person normally doesn't say, uh, will I what? Uh, we got a vague notion of what marriage is, and that's the problem. We need to define what marriage is with premarital counseling, that kind of thing. I think we need to be a re- we need to have a redo on what goal setting is all about. Yeah, because what happens if if these terms get confused as they often do? I mean, what what are some of the implications in a leader's life if you don't have clarity on these two, and and even from your own life? Because you said. You know, there was a that that one hour session was really transforming for you. What I found in that one hour session before I went into it was that my family life was in the pits and my business life was in the toilet. And I was on the verge of depression. And when I went in and talked to a dear friend who became a counselor to me, he said, you know, you're a control freak. He said, the problem is you've got to be responsible to people, but never for people. And, and I, I said, I don't quite understand that. And he said, well, you could finish, the, finish this blank. He said, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can set the sail on a boat, but you can't bring the wind. And then he started getting very personal. And that's when the light started coming on. Because he said to me, is it a good goal for you to have a good marriage? And I thought, he threw me a softball at last. I said, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I was so confused. They didn't give me a baker's dozen. I thought, just give me one thing I can hang on to. Right. And so, oh, that's it. Yeah. It's a good goal to have a great marriage. And they said, uh, is it a good goal to raise your three kids to be responsible adults? I said, absolutely. I thought, two out of two. I'm going to roll here. And then he said, those are terrible goals. And then my face broke off in chunks. And I said, I don't get it. He said, you can't control your mate and you can't control your kids because they have a will of their own. They can go their own independent way. He said, so it is not a good goal because a goal is out of your control. Uh, I'm sorry, a goal is in your control, desire is out of your control. It's a desire to have a good marriage, desire to raise good kids. 
But he said, is it a good goal to be a good father to your kids? Is it a good goal to be a good husband to Kathy? Ah. And then the light started dawning. Yeah. That's awesome. And it goes so deep. Uh, you know, Cynthia, even before we hit record, you were talking about how even just this week you've yeah. had some conversations oh helping gosh. leaders see the difference between the two. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, well, I was just saying I, I listened to Randy ahead of time. On Monday night and by Tuesday morning, I was having this discussion with the leaders I was meeting with pretty much day in, I mean, all day. And what I realized is that, number one, we don't really like to be pinned down on, I'm going to commit to doing this specific thing. And so I kind of went back through and I was like, okay, let's highlight the actions that you're in control of. And it was such a great exercise to to be able to look at, we've got this list of things we want to accomplish in 2021 and to go, okay, what are the specific actions and get as specific as I can. I'm going to do that on Thursday from three to five. I'm going to commit to this action. And it just, it, it all of a sudden, it made all the sense in the world, just your, your framework and was so helpful. I think even in, in helping the leaders see, oh yeah, I can't control the number. It's like stepping on the scale and wishing for it to be less, you know, or more if you're a guy. Um, (laughs) but, but I was like, you can't control that sales number, you know, but you can control the number of people you're willing to call or reach out to and coffees you're willing to have. Yeah. 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 That's really good. I've been, uh, speaking to a lot of salespeople and managers who are recruiting people. And I'll ask them the question, is it a good goal for you to make chairman's council, executive council, president's council, because it's all based on the number of cases that you sell. And uh, everybody raised their hand. Well, yeah, that's a great goal. Yeah, we've been taught that our entire lives. I said, no, I think that's a desire because those people can say no to you that are going to buy. They will not sign that app and give you that check if they're in a bad mood or they don't want to do business with you. And so, therefore, it is a desire to make those levels of productivity. It cannot be a goal because it's out of your control. You cannot control another person any more than you can control the weather. It's out of your control. They are out of your control. I think that concept is is huge in and of itself. I think even relationally, you know, we think about, oh, I want to, like you said, have a good relationship. And, and, and you think about, here's the outcome I want, and I'm moving. What can I do to get to that outcome? And it's like, no, 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 the, the answer is I just need to do the next right, right. thing Right, how many me. things can I control to get to the outcome? And that's, that, that, that's I think that's the thread we're talking about here. Right? I do. It's amazing how many people think they can control results. You cannot control results. Uh, if you attempt to control results, it'll drive you crazy. You can't do it. Yeah. So that I bet right now that just blew somebody's mind. Like they're <laughs> they're struggling to keep the car on the road right now. So talk about there that. Say that over again because I think that's profound. And let's talk about that for a second. Well, there are three principles that drive a goal and three that drive a desire. Don't get them mixed up. And let me just grocery list them real quickly. Because one of them that you're alluding to there, Adam, has everything to do with peace on the inside and productivity on the outside. A goal has to do with you alone control a goal because it has to do with work. Uh, We've heard the phrase, if it's to be, it's up to me. That's a goal. No one's going to do it by osmosis. you got to go play in the traffic to meet with people to sell something, they're not going to knock on your door, you've got to do it. So it takes work to do that. Secondly, that work ethic has got to be translated into activities. Uh, 
I played pro ball, as you mentioned earlier. My dad would say, Randy, you're never going to hit the curve, fastball, changeup, or slider with the bat on your shoulder. Swing the bat. Yeah. So I've got to do that. You want to catch a fish? Put the hook in the water with bait. You want to plant a, you, uh, you have a garden? Plant the seed. Water it. You got to do something here. But here's the key to that. Those two have to do with behavior. A third one has to do with a key element here: time. And all goal setting is scheduled and it is predictable. If you can't put it in your day timer or your Ben Franklin or your self, it, it is not a goal. <laughs> the Ben Franklin. Yeah, I know. I like that. The Franklin Cubby. I'm, 70, I'm 73 years old. <laughs> Give me a break. But if you flip the coin, it's just the opposite of that. You don't work for a desire. You pray for a desire. And this is the key to what I think is the whole magic of this, if you will. You work as if 100% dependent upon you. You pray as if 100% dependent upon God. It is the serenity prayer after all. It really is. The next one, though, is uh, desires have to do with results. The actions determine the results. The harder I work, my dad used to say, the luckier you're going to get. And that's really true. But I hold goals with a tight hand. I hold desires with a loose hand. And that's the difference. I cannot control results. I could give you story after story, and so could everybody at this table, about times in which you almost had it, and it flew away like the wings of an eagle. And you said, what happened? It's because you cannot control another person's actions. They can go their own independent way, which leads me to the last principle. Desires are unpredictable, and they're unscheduled. Oftentimes, out of the blue, serendipity, because you can't control results. And so, I mean, that right there is also incredibly freeing for so many leaders. And, and it really, that's what I love about this principle is it's not just helpful in coaching situations, like uh, not to oversell this. I think this will make you happier, right, it is to put everything in the right category to go, this is a goal, this is a desire. I can control this, so I'm going to set these as my goals and, and I'm going to hold tight to those. The results are wild. I don't know what the results are going to be because there's very little in life that I actually control. Well, it's like it allows you to release that and to say, you know, I may not hit 100 grand in sales, you know, and it allows you to release that which you don't have control over, you know, and so maybe that helps with, like you said. And then if you do get it, there's some humility that goes with that too. It's not like, see, I can control results. I'm I'm the rainmaker. I'm the results person. It's, yeah, I got... All I did is I yep, put my head down exactly and I, right. I, I hit the ball off the tee X number of times and then I got lucky that one at-bat or I, I, I strung together a few at-bats that went really well. It's, uh, it keeps you humble when you do get some all, results. I mean, as simple as this is, I used to tell the kids, kids, all you can do is all you can do. Do your best and then leave the results. I remember our daughter said, uh, I said, here was one of her goals initially. She said, I want to make an A in Spanish. I said, Whitney... Who controls that A that you get? The teacher. Right. So that's out of your control. Your desire is to make an A. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to work on a vocabulary. We're going to test you on the vocabulary. You're going to study X, and you're going to go in there, and you're going to do it. Rah, rah. And the cheerleader came out in me, and she went, and she took that test, and she got a B. And here's what she said. She said, Dad, I'm content with a B because that's the best I could do. And so that leads to peace on the inside, and you're not griping at the water cooler all day long about the things you can't control. You're out there doing the best you can, 
and leaving those results, if you will, to God. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, That's it's really so profound. Yeah, I've heard it said to emotionally detach yourself from the outcome. Put all your energy on what you can do, what you're in control of. That's exactly right. Uh, can we just listen to you all day? <laughs> that's really good. That is. I'm the George that, Brett of this uh, conversation. Well, you yeah. are. That's, that's right. What's going you're kicking on Randy right out. Just, Absolutely. No wonder uh, you're the cleanup hitter. Yes. Very oh, good. Clean okay. us all up. Very okay. good. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about why so many leaders do confuse this. Why do we uh, so often buy that lie, Randy, in your opinion, that we can control the results? Well, I think sort of the Western mentality is I'm sort of the tough guy and uh, I can be in control. And, 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 you know, a guy I met with every month who was the CEO of five companies, I used to talk to him all the time about what is a leader? What, what constitutes a leader? And he said, finally, he, he said, you know, there are three things that constitute a leader. Number one, they have an indomitable sense of optimism. They believe that they're in charge things will go well. They'll lead them out of the darkness into the light. They have a sense of optimism. And then he put the caveat on that. He said, uh, uh, you cannot train to optimism. You either have it or you don't. So uh, it answers some of the questions our leaders made or are they, are they born? Won't get into that now. But then he said, he said then an appropriate, a, a leader has an appropriate um, uh, ego. Uh, they they have the mirror window principle. They look out the window uh, and praise the people that help them get there, or they look in the mirror when they don't get there and take accountability for that. But he said the third one is the biggest. And he said, and this is the most important, and this is why I believe in goals and desires so much. I think this is why we're here. He said every great leader, the five percenters, he called them, have an uncanny ability to be, what do you think he said? Results-driven? Close. Hmm. I have no idea. Objective? Clear. Uh, mm. Every great leader has an that. amazing ability to be clear. And here he said, and this is his PS, he drove it home. He said, leaders can be wrong. Many times they are because they take risks. What they cannot be is confusing. And that's you know something? So great. That's your theme song, yeah. I think, Adam. And that's why I like goals and desires. We clarify what a goal is. We clarify what a desire is. And we hold it with a loose hand or we grip it tightly and we shoot a rifle shot rather than a shotgun. And we're not into popcorn uh, things because you can't have 15 priorities. You have to be focused and have to be clear on your identity and where you're going. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, can I ask a question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you said something a minute ago, and this is taking a little bit of a left turn, but you just referenced it. Can you talk more about the idea of people underestimate what they can get done in three years and they overestimate what they can get done in a year? Because I think that is one of the biggest challenges that we have in helping leaders and, and just people is we, we do, we think we can do so many things and people are just kind of all or nothing. Like I'm all in, I'm going to accomplish 150 things this year. And that winds up being paralyzing. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. My thoughts are that we live in an expedient age and we want it done now fast and furious and everything that's valuable, I think takes time. And so my, my view is you can have a good strategy in a year. You can know who does what and when they do it and what it's going to cost. But I don't think, and you continually re-up. For example, I think a plan is 90 days. 
I think it's a three-month deal. Periodization is what business call it. So over 90 days, you're continually, at the end of that time, re-upping on your strategy and then re-upping on your three years. So you're always planning out. And so I just believe that to get a root system going, rather than being shallow and expedient, it's gonna take three years to get any plan in place. And the problem is most people, in this day and age anyway, uh, a lot of the folks that I talk to, younger people, 20 to 30 years, they're wanting it now, and they wanna climb to the mountain now, and it's just not gonna happen. Right, Randy, I think that 90-day uh, time frame is really important. It's, it's like a rolling cycle. It's enough time to look out and see what needs to be done and to course correct and to execute and to refine, and then you renew. It's like a rolling cycle. Absolutely right. I say that you have to think in terms of three months. There's three, three clues in how to execute this entire goals and desires thing. One is you have to think 90 days out. There's no question about it. Enough to be gratified to see little... <laughs> Uh, fruit come up, but not enough because you know it's going to take more time than that. Secondly, you have to have a partner to go through with this. And what I mean by that is a partner will pray for you and they will also hold you accountable. You hold people accountable for goals, pray for desires. Don't get them mixed up. And then the third thing is uh, you have got to really establish this on a re-up situation of, of meeting with the individual. I cannot do goals and desires alone. So it always takes two to do this. So if we uh, go back again, Randy, to that conversation, you have this hour-long conversation. This guy is helping you unpack. All right, you've got some, you're mixing up some goals and desires here. So what, what did you do immediately after that? How did this start to impact your life and the way you looked at your 90-day increments? Well, he said to me, we're going to take the next five to seven minutes and we're going to list out goals and desires in three areas. And he said, and he quoted C.S. Lewis. He said, C.S. Lewis said, life is like three ships at sea. Have you ever heard this? I haven't. No, uh, I haven't either. He said, uh, the ships must be seaworthy. They must be able to sail without any holes in them or they sink. This, the ships must sail in formation and the ships know, need to know what port they're headed to. And he said that those three are like an analogy of personal development, seaworthiness, sailing formation or harmonious with relationships. And then you need to know what port the cargo is headed. So your mission, yeah. your work, That's if you good. will. So I believe you do goals and desires north to south. It always goes in that order with personal development, then relationships, and then work. If I kiss my wife in the morning, I get along better with people. My work is affected too. But if I'm honorary with her in the morning, it affects my relationships in the day, and my work suffers. Did you kiss her on the way out today? I did not. Therefore, okay, this well, is a lousy I can podcast. I can tell you. And I am so, can you tell I'm You're angry? You're feisty. I am feisty. You're you keep feisty. pounding the You're table. You're pounding the table. You're so angry. That was right. me pounding the table. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Cynthia. Just, yeah. Bail me out anytime we're, you can. We're well, friends. We go way back. I love that order. Say that again. So you start with personal development and then relationships in your life, both personal and professional relationships? Yes. Yeah. That's and then, exactly and right. then move into work. And then move the into work. work. Okay. And so most people will do goals and desires that are listening to this in terms of leadership and business. They'll start with their work. Wrong priority. Okay. You go up north 
because who you are spills over to your relationships, that to your work. So I, so what I do is I start with goal setting. Second, I do my desire first. What do I want in three months personally? And I list my desire out because what motivates me is what benefits me. So, so the carrot is out there. And so I perk back to say, all right, what am I going to have to do on a daily basis in order to get there? Then secondly, the relationship part, which is the trickiest part, because a lot of times it's subjective. Let's say I'm suffering from an anger problem with one of my kids. Uh, I'll say my desire is to live in peace with Mindy, our youngest daughter. Then I perk back and say, what am I alone going to be able to do? Not dependent upon her to get a, get a hold on my anger problem. What am I going to have to do? I may take an anger management course, may read a book, listen to a tape, something like that. Then the last one is, where do I want to go productivity-wise in my work? What do I want to see happen in three months? And then go back to the other side and say, this is what I'm going to have to do. If it's sales, I'm going to have to make this number of calls per day. I'm going to have to see this number of people per day or per month. And that's why I come up with the, the bromide that goes like this. You want, to make six, you want to make six figures in your business? See two people every day for some time in the future. That's it. Yeah, I think one of the things that you've sort of demystified here is that leaders, really, really effective leaders, can compartmentalize uh, their personal lives or professional lives and create these firewalls. And, man, these things will just leak into your life if you don't have your house in order right? It'll just leak into how you lead other people in the workplace. Yeah. Which is, you know, our last episode in 2020 with Nathan talking about their a leader's relationship with money and possessions. That was, that was a, an aim of trying to help them get some of that personal life in order because it absolutely impacts your ability to lead others in the workplace and professionally. And we certainly know how that impacts the family uh, with all of that as well. So I, I also want to go back, and I love how you're doing this. How do you, so at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, how do you approach kind of, I hear you saying I'm setting these three-month goals, but then there's also the year and the three-year. How do you kind of, I don't know, what's your process on jumping into that? Yeah, uh, every year we go to Sandestin, Florida. Uh, I'm not sure about the future, but uh, we've gone to Sandestin. There are 20 of us that go, and we do our yearly goal setting, if you will, all right? We've broken that down into three months as family units all along. So we give a review and a report in the goals and desires. And then we set up our yearly strategy that flows out of that so that we meet the next time we talk about what's been accomplished. I'll tell you the biggest benefit of this is not necessarily results, it's talking to one another. It's being able to relate to one another. It's building a culture of a vocabulary that all businesses should have. Because one of the keys to leadership and clarity is to say, we don't do that here. Or this is what we do. And a lot of that has to do with definition of terms. And we live in an age in which nobody defines anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and so yearly, you're getting together and you're thinking through what do I want life to be like? What do I want our family to be like? What do I want our work to be like in the next year? Are, are you looking three years out? Are you looking, because I can tend to go, hey, what do I want to accomplish in five years? And then back into that. And so I'm just curious, how, do you, how does that fit? 
Uh, normally in our family, um, and there are three major units in our family, we don't get to the vision part. We're dealing, if we get to the, with our, we have 12 grandkids, and we're trying to do some of this with them. So it's chaos to begin with. So we don't have this buttoned up, but what we try to do is the three-month report on that and then try to do the yearly. Yeah, I love, I love how you're bringing in family family meetings and you know because you're crossing over right between family and work and we're, we're connecting lots of dots here I, I think again leaders that are listening to this um i hope you're encouraged by considering how you might approach uh communicating clarifying with your family members if there's tensions or, or lingering things just bring it out and, and deal with it yeah w one of the things that's been helpful to me is you'll hear this all the time in counseling. A lady will say, uh, I, I can't do counseling because my husband isn't interested in the marriage at all. One of the things that's helped me is to go over goals and desires. Because are you the kind of person that he or she would want to come back to? It's pull a, put the circle around you because you can control your character, your compassion, your content of your life. That's within your control. So are you getting better? So this is a great approach, not only to leaders who are dealing with counseling issues all the time, but also giving them some substance to get better. It creates a great work environment. I love that. I mean, some people are, are you know, become divisive over certain things like that, constructs like counseling or therapy, those kinds of, they're scared by it, but you're putting it in a framework that everybody can understand and probably uh, handle. Yeah. If I can be so bold, um, I've given a goals and desires message to about 25 or 30,000 people. It's a keynote message followed by a workshop. What I'd like to do is give somebody, maybe listening to this, a link they can go to and get the message free and get the worksheet free that follows this. So I don't know if this is the right time to give that or not. Yeah, we can make sure we put oh it in the gosh, show notes yes. or uh, we can come up with a fancy way. Do you want to give this to... All the listeners, or Absolutely. do you want to get okay? Well, then we'll make sure we put some the, no, some links in the show notes. No, and and because then they can listen to a fifty minute keynote that goes through everything we've talked about here, probably a little more fluid. And then there's a worksheet that that's the key to bringing two people together to do this, and in families to do it together. We do the goals and desires worksheet every three months, and then. Uh, See what happens. I mean, people have come back to me. Careers have been saved. Families have been saved because of this one crazy principle that came out with a guy. I said, my friend, many times, I said, Don, where'd you get all this? This, He said, I got it when one sentence out of a book that Larry Crabb wrote called The Marriage Builder. He said, one sentence got me to thinking, got me to thinking, and got several people to thinking maybe around this table too, he said, it is not a good goal to have a good marriage. It is a desire. He said, I could not get that out of my mind. I began to apply that to business. Let me give you the link. May I very quickly? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. How about that? Yeah, That's that fine. way so That's people fine. can go down and look there right, and, uh, you got it. when they're listening to it. So, okay, so leaders are driving around, they're listening uh, there, that's that noise that we hear right now. That's them all crumbling up their list of goals <laughs> that they have for 2021. They're Everyone's throwing them out. Driving. Everyone's always driving when I they're know, listening. I know, but, but the, I like and, they, and they have paper, like they have paper <laughs> right, right next to them yeah. as well. So it's just my little 
Oh, Randy referenced, Randy referenced a tape earlier, and so I know some of our Cassette listeners tape. are going, listen to a tape? Like, I don't know if anybody does that anymore, Are Randy. you kidding? I recommend CDs. My son goes, Dad, the CD. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Those are, those are I, Frisbees I now. said, I'll hand you my flip phone any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Every Shut so up. often I use the word Walkman. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, goodness. On oh, accident, Walkman. that's embarrassing. But that yeah. is. Mm-hmm. That is. Oh, anyway, so, all right, so they're, they're crumbling it up or they're deleting their file or they're throwing their tape out the window from where they recorded their old desires or their goals. So, anyway, so here's what we want them to do. We want them to first start by just rethinking this. So go back through the list of what you think your goals are for 2021 and use this new... Uh, this use this new clarity now and and start to take that list and put them in two columns. This is one that I control, so that's a goal. This is one that I don't control, so that's a desire. And and that's a great place to start is to start and, putting that list and then yes, start sir. to listen and, more. And yeah. list them in terms of personal development, relationships, and work. That's great. I I the the challenge for me where I got so free with this and where this this principle has been so helpful to me is to be honest about my desires. I think I think that for some leaders is going to be really challenging, and I like how you're saying start there, because I think there's so many times that as leaders we just lie to ourselves. We're like, oh, I, you know, maybe I do want more money, or maybe I do want to grow uh, uh, some notoriety, or maybe I do want a better job, or, or I want right. something. That promotion is going to make me happy. Right, but we won't tell anybody because we don't want to sound arrogant, or we don't want to sound selfish or greedy or anything like that, and so it truly is guiding us towards something, but we just don't put words on it. And what I like, I like what you've done here is you've said, just write, just write down the desire. What, what is it that you want right now? Write it down. You can figure out if that's a good desire to go after later, but just get it out of your head, out of your heart, put it on a sheet of paper and call it what it is because it's, it's probably guiding you no matter what, right? And that, I think that freedom is really helpful. I think it's extraordinarily important and take it a step further. Once you write that down, you share it with the other person that's doing the goals and desires with you. Because the principle of communication is this. Once you begin to say it, you start to do it. That's so great. If you're at a party and it's late at late tonight and you, oh, man, am I tired. What do you do? You immediately get more tired. If you're thinking about a divorce and you say to a buddy, you know what? It's just not working out. I'm thinking about filing for divorce. You're one step, quantum leap step, closer to doing it. So if you share this, once you write it down with somebody else, you're on the road. To start to say it is to begin to do it. Yeah. And and maybe you do write down something that's not healthy. It's not good. It's not a, it's maybe a desire that, you know what, let's not go after that one. And that's what's good. If you share it, then Precisely. somebody can go, let's erase that one. That one is not going to lead to what you want. Or if you know, a guy says, I want to make 100000 a year. So well, how much have you made thus far? Uh, 5400 I don't think (laughs) that's going to happen. And so what you do is you nudge that person back, tap the brakes and say, that's not faith, that's foolish. Yep. And so you then gain clarity again by bouncing it off somebody else. That's good. So everybody will be able to check out those links uh, to listen to the keynote and download the worksheet. We've given you plenty of homework to think about here for 2021. And hopefully this is a year for you where you do achieve goals and hopefully that'll lead to some desires. But this clarity is incredibly helpful. So, Randy, it's been awesome having you in studio. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor to be with you guys. Really. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Once again, we want to thank Randy Marshall for joining us in the studio today. Personally, I am glad that the Kansas City Royals chose George Brett to play third base 
over Randy Marshall because now Randy gets to help leaders like us know the difference between goals and desires. And so like we mentioned during the interview, be sure to check out those show notes for links to that keynote message and that workshop message that Randy so generously is giving to all of our listeners. There's that worksheet in there as well. Great practical homework for you and for your team. And so if you found today's episode helpful, would you do us a favor and please rate and review the show? That'll help great people like you continue to find us. Thank you so much for listening today and we'll talk to you again next time.